Welcome to a special Radiohead episode with Fran and Babs on Over Underrated. What is this all about? You might ask yourself. Basically, when recording another podcast, Fran and I realized that we are very different kinds of Radiohead fans. I said to him, you know, I think Hail to the Thief is my favorite Radiohead album. And he said, that's where he thought they were going wrong. And I banked that in my mind and said, you know, in future, we should do an episode just focused on Radiohead albums so we can really geek out on it. So it's one for the Radiohead fans. We hope you enjoy and I'll be back at the end to talk more. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. Welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. It's me, Fran, and I'm here with my co-host, Babs. How are you doing, Babs? I am good. Thank you, Fran. I've been listening to a lot of different types of music this week. What have you been listening to? For reasons unknown, I've been listening to quite a lot of Muse. Have I've you? listened to quite a lot of Muse oh. as well. Oh. Yeah, because we're guesting on another podcast and having to listen to Muse. Uh, yeah, but it's it's been quite nostalgic and funny because you see the comparisons of Muse to Radiohead, which is the theme of today's special episode, what I'm calling an album showdown. Yes, this is true. Um, Babs has been trying to get Radiohead on the podcast for the past Mm -hmm. year, and finally her dreams has come true. And she is going to be discussing her favourite Radiohead album versus my favourite Radiohead album. Indeed. So the reason why we're doing it in this way, rather than just talking about Radiohead or finding another band from Oxford, you know, doing Radiohead versus Falls or whatever it is, but let's not rule that out as a future theme. Um, It's because when recording one time, I said to Fran that Hail to the Thief was my favourite Radiohead album and he looked at me as if I was insane and uh, said something along the lines of, I think actually that's where Radiohead started to go wrong, to which I responded in a very shocked manner. So only today did I get out of him what his favourite Radiohead album was, The Benz. So we're going to do an album comparison showdown and defend our collective choices. Obviously, you're allowed to agree with me um, because it's the correct response. But um, I'm sure there are some people out there who like to be a bit different and, you know, go for the the noughties Radiohead. Um, But um, unfortunately, they're all incorrect but we can uh, have a good time now and pretend to make this a fair fight um so we're first discussing the bends because it came out first i believe it came out in uh, 1995 am i correct without even looking at wikipedia without looking at wikipedia i think you're correct beautiful and this was a massive departure well i guess not, not, not massive they're still playing guitars but this was not the same band or pablo honey they had progressed into a new Radiohead, and this is when, for me, they came into my world because I was aware, like many people, of Creep, but I had never listened to Pablo Honey. Mm-hmm. And when the Benz came out and I heard Street Spirit, it's when I learned about Radiohead, and I purchased the album on CD and fell in love with the music and then fell in love with the music videos, which were everywhere in 1995. How did you come across to Ben's Babs? Um, so I will talk a bit more about how I got into Radiohead when we talk about Hail to the Thief, but it was it was later than that. So I only became aware of Radiohead in the noughties. And I think I worked backwards to the Ben's 
possibly from OK Computer, or it might have been even Kid A Amnesiac first. So I don't think I knew any songs from the Benz until I went to listen to the Benz because it just, it, I wasn't living in the UK anymore. Uh, it, it wasn't on my radar. And it, I, in 95, 97, I was in the UK and I, I was a kid, but it didn't quite permeate. I think on Now 37, there is Paranoid Android from AK Computer, um, but I didn't see the music videos. I didn't see the songs. And yeah, I enjoy, I, I like the Benz. I think the Benz is a, is a good album. It's it's not one of my favorites. And I do feel a little bit that the people who say that the Benz is their favorite album, like, you know, a, a, a version of Radiohead <laughs> that is a bit less adventurous. Uh, what, what, what did you say in your message to me, Fran, that you like it because it's not Radiohead playing, quote, calculator music. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think it is an album where the bangers are bangers, but there's actually quite a few songs that I skip. Oddly for Radiohead in the Benz, I think the slow tracks are not as good as the fast tracks, which is very different in their further albums. Um, but I guess this is a band progressing. They're shifting their um, standard rock elements and trying new things. And, you know, this is the album that perfectly brings itself onto OK Computer with the different textures and less, you know, rock punts in the air anthems. But if it's a, talking about an album that I enjoy, as in like I can put it on in any mood and get something mm -hmm. from it, then I can put on a bend. With some rated albums, I have to be in the right headspace and the right mood. You know, it's, it's like this, yes, it's more mainstream. Um, I'm not scared of mainstream. Sometimes you have to enjoy fine wine, and that's fair enough. But, you know, um, the Benz is a delicious full-fat Coke. And sadly, I drink more Coke from wine. Um, do you think, you know, usual anti-capitalists Radiohead would appreciate the comparison with, with uh, soft drink beverages that you're making here? I think Radiohead would be a Pepsi more than Coke. I don't know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> let's, if... let's, call from, let's call from the Dots Pepper. The Dots oh, Pepper. Oh, no. No, Dots not, not that. Yeah, I, I, uh, cinnamon oh, Madness. Okay, Iron, Iron Brew. We're happy with Iron Brew. Do you know, I think I've had Iron Brew twice in my life and it was fine. Um, okay. I'd say they're more a Sprite. Sprite or 7 up. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, quenching your thirst, satisfying, you know, mainstream, but mm. a little bit under the radar. Um, if there's any soft drink manufacturers, get in touch. <laughs> yeah. We're dying for a sponsor. Uh, we love all fizzy drinks. <laughs> this is not the direction of the conversation <laughs> going at all. Anyway, so speaking, of, has, speaking anyway. of uh, fizzy drinks, let's mm. talk about... The Benz has no relation. So um, <laughs> I have chosen my five favourite tracks of the album to try and persuade Babs. I mean, it's not going to happen. It's too late. But I will try now to persuade her into loving the Benz as much as I do. So I've chosen five tracks, starting with The Benz, the song, and also, also the name of the album. And I can see instantly why Babs wouldn't enjoy it, because this is probably the most stadium rock track rated have ever written from the first guitar wang it could be you know bon jovi but so did you say guitar wang i just need to add that to guitar my wang it's, it's guitar like, wang. Know, okay we, yeah. we've all we've all discussed, discussed our favorite <laughs> guitar wangs um but yeah but like there's something underneath that persona like there is like the middle eight is beautiful i could wish the sixes or yeah and then mm. i love the elements of the piano that come in and one of, I saw them live, I think, 
I think I did this in 2001, the first time I saw them. And I was shocked that they did any songs on the bends. And then, you know, when it goes into the middle eight, and then, mm-hmm. it, and then it rumbles into like a guitar solo from Johnny. Mm-hmm. That bit Bing is, yeah, that always makes my hair stand on end. And Aww. also it showcases Tom's voice brilliantly. He doesn't tend to sing proper rock and roll songs, but it proves that he can't do it. You know, he, he, he isn't the singer he is today. Today he can be a bit, but back then he could still belt out those tracks. And yeah, I just think it's, it's a, every time I would meet someone at work who was like 17 years old and had never been aware of this Radiohead, I'd always put on the bends and say, this is the band Radiohead. And they'd be completely in shock that that was, <laughs> that was Radiohead. And it's nice to remind people that, you know, they weren't the band, they, they, if from 2011 they they mm. were quite a different band in the mid in the mid 90s and some people would even call them a Britpop band back in 1995 yeah yeah and I, I I can see that so yeah I think the Benz is one of my least favorite songs from the Benz uh but I will absolutely agree with you on the middle eight and uh and the lyrics and everything and yeah we're not talking about it but it has similar vibes to I think anyone can play guitar from Pablo Honey, mm-hmm. um, especially him saying, I wish it was the 60s, I wish it could be happy. It just reminds me of him going, I want to be Jamar's son uh, in, in a very amusing way, which, yeah, is very anti-Radiohead. But I mean, that's on the same album that Creep is, right? So yeah. I feel they, they, they've always been contradictions. And and this song as well, having sort of analysed it and, and the lyrics a bit more, it is kind of, I guess, the anti-Creep because he's talking about, I want to live and breathe. I want to be part of the human race uh you know moving away from you know, he wants to get away with the from the feelings of um, alienation and, and move towards something so what do you know why i'm asking because i genuinely didn't know why why is it called the Benz? does i know that tom york has a fear of cars and that's a big theme in okay computer but does he have a fear of drowning so i've always thought that the Benz song was about the band and him being disillusioned becoming successful and him being nervous and being sick of being that big right okay so it, it could be a reaction to the the craziness that was creep because yeah famously there's that mtv video of them playing creep uh in a in a in a house in a swimming pool with lots of people dancing around <laughs> it and then they just absolutely go mental because they yeah they they're not happy about it yeah so yeah, i've always heard that this song is about you know Raidhead becoming that band in america and, and not knowing how to deal with it and you know getting mm. the bends from the success um tom's never been comfortable being famous as we all know mm-hmm. i believe um yeah i mean i yeah as i mentioned was obsessed with tom york but i never i never want to meet him <laughs> I, I really <laughs> never want to meet him i had a story i don't know if it's oh. true off so a guy went to university he was from oxford and he claims in the early noughties he saw tom york at a bus stop which is why i don't think it's true and <laughs> he walked towards tom and tom shuffled away in a weird, weird strange way. Because he thought this is a crazed fan. Yeah, but, would he, yeah, but he wouldn't go on a bus. Come on. I think he's a millionaire uh, back though. So I think he would have got a taxi. Come on. I mean, the, but, but uh, no, well, no, firstly, you know, again, Tom York, afraid of cars. Secondly, oh. they're quite, yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, the airbag and pull me out of the crash in OK Computer and Lucky, that's related to him being in a car crash and him being scared of cars. So you hated actually... Carmen Police video, surely. Oh, well. Well, I guess, but was he in the car? Was he in a studio? We, mm. we don't know. Uh, we'll have to go and check. Oh, I saw that recently for the first time in ages. Such, such a good video. Such a good song. Yeah, I can I can 
I can believe that Tom York was at a bus stop, but just not properly um, disguised, perhaps. Um, but maybe, I mean, you hear the stories of like Rihanna got the tube to her O2 concert and stuff like that. Why wouldn't Tom York get a bus in Oxford? Yeah, maybe in Oxford, he thinks he's not luckily, uh, he's not the sort of person who's on Loose Woman. So he may think that the, <laughs> the general man may not oh recognize his face. <laughs> can you imagine? Well, yeah, similarly, you know, so uh, I live in Brussels where Stromae is from. And he, he keeps going to one of my local cafes and it's quite, like, I, I don't even want to say which one because it's actually, it's precisely quite nice that he goes there. Everyone's pretty chilled about it. I've only seen like one person asking for his photo so far. And uh, Fran has asked me to ask him to be on the podcast. I will <laughs> do my best. So some people are more chilled about it. So I, I don't think Tom York, like, I think he'd be grumpy, but I don't think he would be sort of necessarily reclusive, misanthropic, but you know, right in if we're wrong. But if I have to meet a member, it would always be Ed. Surely. Oh, uh, yeah, the fittest, absolutely. Yeah, of course, yeah, the fittest. <laughs> but he just seems like the most laid back, down to earth sort of nice guy. He is he? such a gentle soul of mm. a man. It seems like to me because I, I, I was obsessed with Ed O'Brien. Like I, I made photo collage, photo, I made photo collages of Ed O'Brien on Microsoft Paint and printed it out and put it on my door. And it went on <laughs> Ed O'Brien fan websites because yes, I was an obsessive Radiohead fan. Um, but I actually, you know, having been mostly a Radiohead fan in the early to mid noughties, I, you know, then kind of losing it a little bit. I hadn't seen that many videos of him talking or anything like that, but he was on the Adam Buxton podcast. And now I follow him on Instagram. He just seems like such a genuine, nice person. And he's um, really into Brazil and lived in Brazil and possibly even speaks Portuguese and named one of his sons Salvador, which is, yeah, pretty Portuguese name. So, yeah, can't help but love it, O'Brien. And even yeah, and even over lockdown, he's teaching people how to play creep. So I thought it was nice. Was he? Yeah, yes. I missed yeah. this. I think he'd be above that, but now he's teaching people how to play songs by Redhead. Good for good, you, Ed. Good old Ed. <laughs> so moving on to my next track, um, mm. Planet Tedx. Mm-hmm. I should probably have started it with that since uh, it's yeah. the <laughs> introduction. Yeah, the order I thought was unusual, <laughs> but uh, but there we go. I kept changing it. Um, so I guess this is the perfect introduction to an album and the perfect introduction to the new Radiohead. Like, if you had only heard Creep and you put this on, you would not be expecting it. It has some awesome Brian Eno-esque sort of, like, synths that come in, like a rumble, and then that piano stab, down, down. And then, yeah, it's just, it's just an outstanding track. It didn't sound like many other songs um, of the day or even on the album. And then it does bring in a guitar riff, which is as brilliant. And I think if that the track would work, just electronically or just on a guitar i think it's mm-hmm. a, a brilliant uh track and I, I still think that what 26 years later everything is still broken sadly tom 26 just fuck now. uh yeah i i think this is a really good album opener so it's it's not one of my favorite songs but i think it is a near perfect album opener because it's just so i don't whooshy is what i'm gonna use as the mm. <laughs> as the the tips it's it's just yeah a very good introduction yeah it starts it starts wistfully and then when tom's voice comes in like it, it almost doesn't quite seem like he's there and then suddenly the guitar comes in bang so it's so it's a very good introduction to the, what the album is going to sound mm. like uh and yeah constantly in motion um yeah i i think i think this is a really good song uh, do you know what planet Telex is at all no no one really knows unfortunately According okay. to the internet. Sounds like a fax service or something to me. <laughs> but uh yeah. I always thought 
Was it played when you saw them? I don't think I've ever heard them play it ever again. I I don't know. I don't know what was played when I saw them, so I will go and look on setlist.fm to uh, let you know. Because they'd always play the same sort of tracks, I think, from the bands. They'd always be Fate Pattern Trees, um, Mm -hmm. Street Spirit and My Iron Lung. They're always the three songs you ever played, like when I saw them. But I think this Mm -hmm. is an amazing intro. and It's definitely opened other gigs later on in their career with it as well. I think it it would be a really good uh, gig opener. I agree. Um, Especially when it became more electronic. I'm just going to take a look. Yeah. I think that, you know, they could have done a more electronic version of it later on in their career. It would have fit in nicely with the 2000 era. So I'm looking, I've got the set list in front of me. So I saw Radiohead supported by Back for Lashes in Mm -hmm. June 2008 in Victoria Park. Uh, I'm trying to see if there are any Ben songs on there. I don't think there is. Oh, well, there's the Benz. Mm-hmm. There's the Benz, My Iron Long. That's it. It's strange how they kept doing the Benz because, like, it is kind of a, a nod to the past. It's kind of like an 80s vibe to it. So I'm surprised they weren't a bit embarrassed of the sort of stadium rock sort of sounds. I'm surprised they did do, like, no Planet Telex because it's a bit more forward thinking than the, the Benz. But hey, I mean, but maybe, you know, it was only more towards the Kid A amnesiac sessions that they, you know, did more electric. You learn how to play mm. electronic things better live. So maybe it was just yeah, a bit a bit more tricky to play live. I don't know. To make it sound as good as it does on the record live. When I saw um I, I saw from 2001 at the homecoming in at the gig in Oxford. Um, mm. I think that's when they first did the, the Kid A and Amnesiac live, and it was a lot more guitar than it was it's everything sounded better live than on the album, I think. I've got like a, a bootleg of that album and it's magnificent. And when it did um how to disappear completely i cried oh <laughs> and, nice. and they um went to end it by playing motion picture soundtrack and the keyboard broke so tom york kicked over the keyboard and says fuck it and then they played creep and everyone lost their shit because they had oh played my it in, God. in five years I mean, in 2001 as well yeah that is very yes wow okay supported by sugar was beck and supercross not a bad gig wow uh, yeah they're not not particularly bands that I but I, I um I saw Beck in Ensemble Belgique the same week that I saw Tom York solo oh. in Ensemble Belgique and that was quite good and obviously they've got Nigel Godrich in common but um oh. but there we go so, okay so what's your next pick your next is a track for everyone knows it is Street Spirit Fade Out and yeah I this was the track that introduced me to this uh, album mainly because of the beautiful video which I'm sure we've all what seen. What a beautiful video. We've all jumped in slow motion to try and copy it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's this is, I guess, maybe the cliche Radiohead sound that people would always think of when they thought of Radiohead, like that Jeff Buckley vocal floating on the top of those arpeggios. It's that, it's, it's, I can imagine people who hate Radiohead will think of this being every Radiohead song, Mm-hmm. And but it's not. I mean, like Radiohead have, have a, a vast array of different sounds. But um, yeah, I mean, you can enjoy this. You don't have to be crying next to a window watching the rain. Um, it but, is a good soundtrack for that. Yeah, if you it do is. Want to do it, that. Yeah. it does work. <laughs> and yeah, and the ending is magnificently beautiful. Um, it's a really dark lyrics. I think um, I think it's quite a depressing uh, uh, lyrics. But um, yeah, it's it's ultimately beautiful. And even for darkness, did a pretty good cover of it as well. No, you're kidding me. Oh yeah, no, yeah. When they first came out, because they didn't have many songs, they'd always finish their gigs with uh, Street Spirit. That I guess because he's got, he's got, go because he's got that high vocal. I guess that's it. Kind of worked for them a little bit. 
I mean, like, I can feel death, can see its beady eyes, doesn't seem like quite darkness lyrics in, <laughs> in, in the same way. Fran, I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, you said that on the bends, you don't like the slower songs. I agree. But this is a standout. Mm, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it's simple, but it's not simple. And I know this from repeatedly trying to play it on guitar. I am not very good on the guitar. I tried, I tried, I failed. It, it really the kind of accents are so subtle like the little electronics and the harmonizing of Tom York with himself but it, there's such an impact when when you're listening to the song like I think if, if it was just the guitar it's already pretty powerful but then the accents come in and uh, and yeah absolutely like you said crying crying by a window is something that works and um I think it really exposes Tom York's voice because Tom York has a very vulnerable and high voice. And vo- Tom York has a very vulnerable and high voice. And actually that's what a lot of people don't like about him. Like I remember trying to get people at school into Radioheads because yeah, I was really into Radioheads in, in the early noughties when they weren't very popular in Luxembourg particularly. Uh, and so many people a bit like placebo be like, Oh no, but his voice, like I don't like it. And it's like, well, no, but it's, 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 it's beautiful because it's, it's fragile, but strong um and it's really shown here and he goes high and he goes low and and it's it's just fantastic yeah i think it's maybe the first time you hear him using his voice as an instrument rather than just delivering lyrics at the end he's he's climbing up and down and it really matches uh johnny's guitar lines over underrated so then moving to a different direction, we've gone into one of the heavier songs and the first mm. track we all heard, well, I didn't ask too young, but they released us first on the EP, The Iron Lung. Mm. And, uh, Great yeah, this, EP. Yeah, this shows the two sides of Radiohead. It's, it's, it's got that heavy rock. It's got those quieter moments. And um, yeah, um, this is a track I knew they, they, they continued to play. I assumed they enjoy it live, but reading about it, I've heard that this is about Tom York struggling to write a single. Right, because that's what I was going to ask mm. you. Like, what is the iron lung a metaphor for? Well, yeah, I think that Radiohead is his iron lung, and and so and apparently he hated writing a song, which is interesting. Why they've been playing it live for the past twenty years, so maybe he grew to mm. like it. But yeah, I mean yeah. that it's got the opening like, is, yeah, I can't do the my version of it, unfortunately <laughs> for for copyright reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So you know, it's a, a glorious track, and again with the bend, if if. Uh, there's a, a whiny teenager saying that Radiohead are boring. I played my own lung and say, no, they're not, you prick. Enjoy this. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And you mentioned the Iron Lung EP, which uh, has um, the Trickster, which I think is one of the best Radiohead B-sides mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of all time. The quieter bits are good. And then when the comes in, you're just like, what the fuck? Who is Uncle Bill? Who is the Belisha Beacon? What is he what is he talking about? It, it wrong fits you. And again, I think a, a bit like while Planet Tedx is a good introduction to the album, I think Iron Lung is re- represents the album as a whole, like all, all the different elements. So yeah, again, what I, I haven't don't have anything original to say apart from yeah, Fran, great choice. <laughs> Do you think is this the heaviest they ever got as a band? Oh well, see, for me, I, I I can't help but go back to anyone can play guitar because just it, that just has Tom York going, I want to be your Morris hand. But in uh, in guitars, perhaps, although are there other Ben songs? I mean, because just could be, right? Mm. I mean, 
similar, but maybe not as crunchy. I remember being 15, this kind of scared me. Like it was a bit too hard for me. <laughs> it was a bit too much for your, was it your sensitive ears? Well, actually, because you from Pablo Honey, mm. but again, it's because his voice, I mean, it goes so mad that it breaks. That's kind of similarly kind of um, uh, tricks you. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, it's starting, it's slow. And then suddenly, so yeah, I think that could be a contender, but definitely yeah, among among the top. And then, yeah, we, we just mentioned it. So I ended up ended up my playlist with uh, probably one of the most mainstream singles, maybe just. Yeah, most well-known songs, I would say. Yeah. Um, again, you if you're a teenager in the 90s, you saw the video. And we we'll all ask each other at school, what's a guy set at the end, you reckon? Mm. I still haven't thought of any. What, what do you think? Well, you're not, you're not meant to know, isn't it? It's meant to be like lost in translation <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, it's up to interpretation. But uh, have, you, yeah, have you not read any conspiracy theories? <laughs> I've not read any conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> About just... I mean, given that there is the, the music video where, yeah, so basically, if you don't know the music video, it's a guy is lying on the floor and everyone is wondering why he's lying on the floor and a crowd gathers... And, and they keep asking him, you know, what's going on? And then someone asks, why are you lying on the floor? And he, and he says why, but it's it's kind of, you, yeah, there's no there's no subtitle saying it. And then the, the final scene is everyone is lying on the floor. Um, so, so yeah, check it out, guys, on YouTube.com. And I just, I just want to add that, you know, I think, yeah, it's got one of the most uh, killer choruses of all time, really. Uh, you do it here. Uh, yeah, that doesn't ever happen much. It's catchy. Career. But mm. it's not annoying. And isn't it that this is the song where basically Johnny Greenwood tried to see how many chords he could get into one song? It was like a competition between really. him and Tom York. I think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, there's always been a bit of competition between Johnny Greenwood and Tom York, naturally. I mean, Tom York's the frontman, but Johnny Greenwood's the, the mad genius. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Tom York talked about like, yeah, he only wanted to do film soundtracks because Johnny Greenwood had had quite a lot of success doing them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems healthy, but it, it doesn't surprise me. And yeah. I haven't counted, but I think there's a lot of chords there indeed. But, and, and what a guitar solo at the end. A knuckle crunching guitar solo from Johnny will always be the, one of the outstanding moments of just at the end of it. Great guitar solo. To- great voice from Tom York as well, going mm. mad, you know, do it to yourself. You know, he he goes for it. He, he really, really goes for it here, as with a lot of songs in this album as well. So, yeah, overall, though, I will always skip Bulletproof. I will skip Nice Dreams. I think they're a bit soppy. Um, I think that Bones is a killer track. Salt's got a great riff to it. Um, High and Dry, I did adore. Not so much anymore. It's a bit wishy-washy. Fake Plastic Trees, I like when they do it live. And it. Int- I know you, well, I hate I, I it. I absolutely hate Like, really, it, 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 I think it. it's probably my least favourite Radiohead song just because it's the one that gets the most adoration. It's so boring and simple in a bad way and just oh I don't know it, it just it almost feels like I don't know Tom York's gone to the let's pull some heartstrings club uh to learn how to write a song I think the, the only the only nice thing is you know you can hear his voice break hang on I, I'm now even confused if that's in the play yeah, yeah if I could be yeah, yeah. who you want to, okay yeah if you can feel the mission nice wonderful but it, it I think they're 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 overplayed and I think for me representation of why it annoys me when people say that Benz is their favorite Radiohead album because I think Radiohead as much as there are good songs on this are so much more than this when I was asked my favorite Radiohead albums were I said I go back and forth between the Benz Mm. and the computer because it's all down to me I mean if I'm in a 
a you know a sit down relaxed and just listen to some quality music i'll put on a good computer if i'm driving i'll put on the bends if i want to have a sing song i'm going to put on the bends um mm-hmm. i don't do many sing songs to be fair ah, <laughs> but, no, it's a nice image yeah you know, but, but, you know and that, so that and also i always felt like um growing up that the bends to me was more of a forgotten album and it was all about owning mm. a computer and i kind of felt like well no the bends was also very good so i always felt like i was fighting for the bends um growing up because it seemed to get get sort of like washed away uh, like anything before okay computer wasn't like as good i think in terms of critical acclaim for sure okay computer was whacked over to mm. oblivion which i'm sure is is <laughs> is how any critic would describe it um but actually looking on spotify in terms of plays like the most played song on okay computer is carla police with 292 million views but the next one is no surprises and that has less plays than high and dry and paranoid android has less plays than fake plastic trees so critically probably but having having got into radiohead post uh okay computer and the bends I definitely felt that OK Computer had more of a, um, yeah, a, a critic's adoration. But the Benz, really, people mentioned a lot, too. And I'm repeating myself, but it's like, I can't help but feel that it's like, oh, the Benz is the album that, like, the proper rock bands liked. And then, you know, Radiohead got into some a bit of electronic shite. And uh, and then that was the end of them. And nothing was ever as, as good. But, uh, but, yeah, maybe I'm simplifying it a bit too much. I think that um, if you were around in the mid noughties it was a an album that you know the ranker in a pub would play his acoustic guitar and start playing high and dry a lot um that might put people off um have you heard liberty x version of high and i dry? was ab- i was literally about to say because we mentioned it in the in the liberty x uh, episode yeah like actually i think i do prefer it because at least there's harmonies in the liberty x version it's not just uh one uh, one note and there's good old kevin my favourite Kevin, so yeah. I, I think actually, without knowing about it, but the first Radiohead song I, I possibly heard was Fake Plastic Trees because it's in the soundtrack to Clueless. And mm. uh, I discovered afterwards when I bought the soundtrack, I thought, oh, but I'm looking back, it's such a weird fit, like Fake Plastic Trees being on the Clueless soundtrack. I mean, Radiohead are in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, they're in Twilight. You know, they they are they are in weird positions. But I think... I don't know from when, maybe from OK Computer, but in the in the US underground, Radiohead have always been, you know, very popular in the US. You know, the, I think with the college radio type thing, I, I had a friend who told me that he, he traveled through the US and he was really into music. And he said, like, I feel like almost everyone who I met, like on a train or a bus, you know, when they found out I was British, will tell me how much I love Radiohead, which is not at all the impression you have of Americans. But I think musically minded Americans really, really do like them. And I mean, yeah, I think the 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 listens go to show that. Yeah, in case you're wondering what the rankings are. So Radiohead have 14.3 million monthly listeners and they're 289th in the world on Spotify. Hello, this is Still Any Good, the podcast where we run the risk of ruining our childhoods by revisiting fondly remembered films. Have you ever wondered if the movies you enjoyed as a child have passed the test of time? Are they disappointingly awful or are they still any good? We've looked at Superman, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Big Trouble in Little China, Face Off, Trading Places, Police Academy 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Bugsy Malone, Escape to Victory, Look Who's Talking, The Man with Two Brains, Kindergarten Cop, Short Circuit, Home Alone, Smokey and the Bandit, Tango and Cash. So are these films still any good? Join me, Robert Johnson, in my cosy living room. And me, Christopher Webb, 
in my garage and find out for yourselves. <laughs> it's a lovely garage. So, so we move through the years uh, to 2003, 2003 and uh, Hail to the Thief. Right, so Hail to the Thief. Um, so I'll tell you my Radiohead's journey. They were my absolute favourite band when I was a teenager. Uh, I had, I have the most records by them compared to anyone else, singles, vinyl that I never listened to, etc. books, DVDs, posters and pictures on the wall. You know, I didn't just have Ed O'Brien collages. I had, I think, just general Radiohead collages of the band, of the, you know, the, the logo with the kind of manic smiling monster. And Hail to the Thief came out like kind of at the perfect time for a budding Radiohead fan in that time period because by the time it came out, I, yeah, I would have listened to Pablo Honey, Benz, OK Computer, Kid A, Amnesiac. And I think Hail to the Thief is basically a, re- a reflection of all of those albums. Um, and that's why it's one of my favourites. Um, and I, I, to me, I, I would agree that it was Radiohead's peak in rainbows is where I started to really go off them. Although I think, I think with any band that you adore, especially like a band that makes more complex music like Radiohead, I think it's very difficult to listen to an album the first time and get into it. And I think in rainbows, like so many of the other albums, you need more listeners to appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate it more now, but I think with Hail to the Thief, it is an album that I listened to and re-listened and re-listened. And I just haven't had that with a Radiohead album since. And then the King of Limbs to me was a disaster. Um, a Moonshine Pool, I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, they're coming, they're coming back. There's some good songs on here, but again, I, I didn't listen to that album that much. Like I got sick of it pretty quickly. So for me, Hail to the Thief is is the purest Radiohead for me um, because because of that. So yeah, it's called Hail to the Thief because it's all kind of related to George W. Bush, which is also kind of influencing Kid A and Amnesiac themes as well. Um, because there was um, protesters, you know, mocking the hail to the chief American presidential anthem. Although I think they didn't want the album to just be about uh, the US politics. It's apparently about the rise of double think and general intolerance and madness. So not just the US. And what I, yeah, I hadn't realized because I hadn't geeked out about this in a while. It was recorded in only two weeks in LA, whereas Kid A and Amnesiac, it took bloody ages. And while Kid A and Amnesiac were very electronic and that's why it took them so long tinkering around with it, they wanted to make this album that was this in-between, like it's electronic, but we want to make it sound live. Um, and I, I think maybe again, that's why I like it so much because Radiohead is such a, a good live band and, and that kind of comes across. I found it quite funny that Ed O'Brien said that it was the first album where at the end of making it, we didn't want to kill each other. <laughs> Even though apparently afterwards, like they they had lots of issues on, on how they wanted to do it. And actually like legacy wise, they mostly don't like it. Like Tom York said, oh, I think we had a meltdown when we put it together. I take off back drifts. We suck, suck young blood. I will in a punch, but wedding. Legacy wise, uh, they all have issues with it. So yeah, Tom York said that he thought they had a meltdown. He wanted to remove a bunch of songs. Colin Greenwood said that lots of them were unfinished. And even Nigel Godrich said, there's some great moments on there, but too many songs, but it's probably my least favorite of all the albums. It didn't really have its own direction. It was almost like a homogeneity of previous work. Maybe that's its strength. So yes, I'm actually sort of with you there, Nigel. Uh, and I'd kind of forgotten about this because I think of what came afterwards with In Rainbows, but it was leaked. It was leaked mm. online. 
uh and and yeah they were pretty pissed off and that's why it was kind of brought forward and that was what inspired the whole you know in rainbows pay what you want um situation but uh but basically i i remember looking forward to this album like a child at christmas getting this album getting i already showed fran my special edition cd edition with the lyrics going to a friend's house who was playing call of duty with his brother and just sitting down putting the album on and listening to it twice through with the lyrics and i was just absolutely captivated um because yeah, I was like, yes, this is this is pure Radiohead. Yeah, Kid A and Amnesiac were a bit weird to get into, eh? Like, okay, I, I you know, I might be wrong. Came out, I, I kind of understand it a bit better now. But then when when this came out, um, I I really thought it was excellent. I know I'm in a minority. I know that most Radiohead fans, obsessive or otherwise, don't agree with me. But you know, listen, this podcast is called Over Underrated. I think Hail to the Thief is underrated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got out your system at last. <laughs> finally, finally. <laughs> um, I remember strongly uh, the precursor of this album because I remember hearing bits from their pre-tour. I think they toured like um, Europe, um, testing out some of these songs, and I heard the awful uh, quality versions uh, through Napster, and I, was, I got excited because I thought, oh. They're bringing back the guitars. So I knew that they're going to be doing mm. a guitar album, and that got me excited. And then I, I remember hearing the um, the leak stuff and being so disappointed. Mm. Like I was, oh, like in my head, I, in my head, you know, I was, I was all you know, relatively young, and I was, I was thinking, oh, they're going to do another OK Computer, and then it mm-hmm. wasn't OK Computer, which I think is what ruined it for me and my friends. I think we all assumed it was going to be okay computer mark two and it wasn't mm-hmm. that and that's what hurt it so listening back to it this week well i say this week today um <laughs> actually probably think there's actually yeah more decent tracks than i remember and i i, I would say yeah there's, a, there's maybe um seven or eight decent tracks and yeah as nigel said there's two minutes it does not need to have is it 14 tracks it's that's far too many they should easier or, or trim it down to, to 10 if there's a 10 a 10 track album uh maybe they could add true love weights uh it would have been because i don't I like, like true love weights yeah but the version they brought out on the last album what was that about um no, i agree yeah 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 uh so i think that they could have made they could have trimmed some fat and maybe put on a couple of or better beat sites and, and made a stronger album yeah, at the time, I loved Ver Ver. I still think it's one of the best tracks I've ever done. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute. So, um, and then I just had a check whilst you're talking about, like, I saw them on that tour, like, a year later, and mm-hmm. he literally only played three songs from their album in 2006, mm-hmm. which doesn't show you that fond, <laughs> fond of it, really. But, but this is the thing, like, you know, I, I'm looking at the set list from, from the year afterwards where it's in rainbows, and there's a lot of in rainbow stuff, but they really... I think they are very good and that's what makes them I think a good live band as well and, and Muse as well that we've both been listening to this week mm. it's like they they are good at putting in stuff from previous albums and not also like just playing in a row songs from from the the current album so yeah I I, I would have loved to see them in 2006 that would have been my my perfect timing um but yeah unfortunately I got weird fishes so there we go <laughs> the argument that there's there's too many songs trim the fat. I just can't get on board because there is stuff like the gloaming or I will, which is let's say more um, one tone, one like you know one one style. Like I will is kind of a simple ballad. The gloaming is just kind of synthesizes an effect. But I think 
you know, this, this is why I kind of wanted to talk about it as an album rather than just picking songs off it. I think the selection of songs and the order of songs is near perfect because you move from like, okay, two plus two equals five. Okay, bit guitar, bit of electronic, then sit down, stand up, fucking weirdness, then sail to the moon. Right, we've got piano ballad now. And it just, it just, it keeps wrong footing you each time. And when you look at each song as a, as a whole, you know, drunk punch up at a wedding, jazz, like there's there's everything there. Um, and I think, yeah, given how much of a left turn Kid A and Amnesiac were, and if there were hints that, uh, you know, it was going to be a bit of a return to normal, I think it isn't, it isn't OK Computer Mark II, but it isn't a, mil, a million miles away from that sound. But to me, because I like the electronic radio heads, I, yeah, that's why, that's why I really like it. It is strange because like, I remember buying Kid A from the shop and going home and putting it on and going oh um but i remember liking kid a like i never hated it some people i think at the enemy gave it like a naught out of 10 or something poncy like that you know wow. and uh, i i enjoyed kid a uh, i think kid a is better than um amnesiac um so I, I would amnesiac would be my second underrated radiohead album because i think everyone again a bit like ben's and okay computer everyone gives love to kid a but forgets <laughs> amnesiac because it was they were recorded in the same time period. It's just, mm. yeah, a different selection of songs. And the way that they reinterpreted some of them in I Might Be Wrong, I think is really good as well. Yeah, yeah, that 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 live EP with uh, like spinning plates is beautiful. Um, I don't know why they just didn't create one great album like Kid Amnesiac would have made sense. They could have... Well, a, that's what they're doing well, now, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually back in 2002, I'd make people mix CDs and call it Kid Amnesiac. And I'd put the six songs of each album I like to make a, a perfect and- album. Sue, get some. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I, I, yeah, I, I, the bootleg version I remember listening to, and I was quite sad. And it's my fault. I literally have never ever thought about going back to to um, this album. So I guess it's a good thing I have today. And oh, okay, um, I'm glad that at least you made you made you consider yeah. because uh, yeah, I, I think with with Bayamoths like this, um, and I think as as I said with what you expect from a band when it's so big and it's so hyped i think sometimes you need some space so yeah i will get into it so that my first choice is the first song from the album two plus two equals five uh which yeah it's it's from 1984 which i'd kind of forgotten about but apparently the lukewarm which is the alternative title references dante's inferno which was tom's wife's phd thesis uh and apparently the lukewarm are those in hell who did nothing wrong but did not oppose wrongdoing I believe that alternative titles come from Tom York sent the band free demo CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, Luke, so Luke Warm, I think, was the original title before he completed the lyrics. That's why they, they've got his. Um, so it's only today that I've realised what he's uh, he's saying at the beginning, which is, we're on, that's a nice way to start, Johnny. I'd never kind of looked it up. Um, but just like you know planet tedx is a nice opening to to the men's i think this is a good opening to hell to the thief because it starts with this kind of you know guitar and well guitars you know a, a kind of an arpeggio and then this kind of like probably i'm thinking ed o'brien playing like very high up on his guitar tom york's voice high uh are you such a dreamer to put the world to rights you know strong and then the way that it builds, we have the bridge and you have the dueling guitars and then you have the co- chorus where every time I listen to it, I, I scream it every time. You have not been paying attention, paying attention, paying attention. Um, and like, yeah, I, I guess there's no repeated parts, is there? Like uh, with, with some other songs, it just, it's verse one, verse two, bridge, chorus, end. Yeah, I, I just think it's incredibly original and 
you go through all the emotions listen to it because it starts very gentle and fragile uh and then you end up screaming maybe not and that's why I like it. Fran, what do you think? Well, I mean, you've basically mentioned everything I was going to say, but I will I will add that, like, it's, it's a live classic. It works great live because mm. it, all the way it builds up and the, the, the frenzy end. And I remember, but this is why I got so frustrated because this is such a glorious track and such an old school rock and roll track. It was like, oh. Is, is it that... old school rock and roll? Well, I mean, because... I mean I'm not saying yeah. old school. I mean, like, the, the 90s the radiohead rock and roll <laughs> and i thought I, I oh. guess live you really hear the guitars yeah quite well yeah and uh, so when i remember listening to the album the first time i was like, oh that's that's a, that's a killer fair there that's a killer then suddenly that was it and i think mm. i what i so much wanted to have that sound throughout i was just disappointed that that was it and i think that's why i, I think i hated the other songs more because they weren't two plus two or they weren't the verver so verver mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it surprised me that two plus two plus equals five is a single, though. Still, I have mm. to say, because it's it's. You, I mean, par- I think Paranoid Android wasn't top of the pops, but it just you wouldn't imagine this <laughs> on there. But uh, I mean, what tracks would have been singles? What maybe Sail to the Moon? Maybe but is that too? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so I'm glad to hear that at least you you like it, and I think given that it's meant to be about people who did fuck all and just let stuff happen i think it, it you know it very much matches the the mood of what it's meant to be about then your next pick my next pick is the next song so i'm guessing one that if you were <laughs> if you were into two plus two equals five um and listen to this this is quite different um sit down stand up so i remember reading about this song before listening to this song and I remember them saying, I remember reading that, oh, they repeat the raindrops 47 times. And I was like, excuse me, what, what are you talking about? Uh, and yeah, the, the lyrics literally are sit down, stand up, walk into the jaws of hell anytime. We can wipe you out anytime. It's so menacing. Um, and, and once again, it, it builds in an unexpected way. So it starts with these, I guess, yeah, piano keyboards, uh, sit down, stand up, you hear voices coming and then the way that it built and, and how it goes absolutely mental with the drums and the synths and everything. And it, it's like you go into a trance when you're listening to the song. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite Radiohead songs. And as much as I don't like jazz, I know that Radiohead are quite influenced by jazz. And apparently this was in, influenced by Charlie Mingus. And the imagery of the lyrics were in, in response to the Rwandan genocide. So on that note, what do you think about Sit Down, Stand Up, Brackets, <laughs> Snakes and Ladders, the alternative title? Yeah, I, I had not listened to a song again since probably 2004. Mm-hmm. I wish the piano was louder at start. It's, it's, um, I really like the piano. Mm. And it's, it's kind of in the mix. Yeah, it's great. I think it's kind of like, um, it, it's a very similar structure to like a dance tune. Yeah. In a way of repetitiveness and... and, and Idiotechy, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I think it, if, if it was remixed to be faster from the beginning, I think it may have worked better. I, again, I like how it does build up. Um, I, I don't know if I played it much live, but I can I can imagine this would have been a great um, way to get the crowd going because the ending with him saying Rangers, Rangers would have built joints up to frenzy. So, I mean, it'd be nice if he could bring this back to the live environment, maybe speed up, add some high, some louder piano sounds and different oh, beats. Yeah, see, the, I, can under, I can agree with you that the piano... Could be a bit louder, but I think again, it's it's kind of deliberate. I think it's to sort of lull you into this false sense of security. And I quite like the contrast of that very quiet piano with the, which is mm-hmm. drums, as you can hear perfectly in uh, in my rendition. We'd like to hear a a different remix of it. 
I mean, I'm always up for, you know me, I'm always up for a remix. So, so why not? I I actually, I haven't, I haven't sought out, there might be some, I haven't sought them out, but yeah, I mean, but then, then you really can't sing along to the raindrops, can you? And uh, that's not what I want. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I've ever sung to the Rainforest, but I should go back and do that. And there we're, we're moving on to uh, the most well-known track from the album. Indeed, There There, which we already mentioned. So basically, I was torn between There There and Go to Sleep for this selection because I thought There There, it, it's not like it was overplayed, but it was, I would say, yeah, the best known song from this album. And uh, actually, although I'm surprised to see this, 2 plus 2 equals 5 has slightly more plays. Than they're there but is that because it's the first song on the album that does affect spotify Could, i've yep. noticed it does but i mean sit down stand up has 10 million but then sell to the moon has 13 so yeah i mean may, maybe it does and, and maybe it, or maybe it, you know because it's a song with numbers in and you know there are all these playlists where people are looking mm. for for songs with numbers but yeah i think because i was seeking out this album like i i very clearly remember radiohead performing it and you have ed and everyone with you have multiple members playing the drums in a way that you never had before. And yeah, so I had to be like, okay, is it going to be there, there or go to sleep? Because my initial reaction, I think, because I'm that kind of person, I was like, oh, I'll put go to sleep because it's less well-known. But I was like, oh, actually, I think there, there has more, more going for it. Like the, the drums are good. And like the, just the imagery and the video as well, like the very strange stop motion video. Um, I think it, it, it's more long lasting it's more of a classic than go to sleep which i think is yeah let's say a bit more a bit more classic radiohead so uh and yeah i think when when they finished recording it tom said that they felt that it was the best thing they'd ever recorded up until that point and it's quite a long song but it doesn't feel like quite a long song so uh so yeah so as i think we know that you like it already right yeah i remember them playing on the john from ross show and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and watching them like move from like the drums to the guitars and back again and just yeah I think that that line just cause you f- is one of the most beautiful um mm-hmm. lines delivered by Tom York and although it's more up-tempo than you know some of the the songs like I mean uh, no surprises it still gets you it's still you still feel the emotion and I guess because it's kind of like two halves of a of a song. It, you, it doesn't seem as long because the first section is quite different. Then it speeds mm. up, and that Johnny, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's what that's, yeah. There's like two sort of like guitar lumps having a war. There's like the, mm-hmm. wah, wah, and the down, mm. down, down, which is kind of like a bit like Lindsey Buckingham and Fleetwood Mac, I think that guitar mm. line. And then the drums, oh, interesting. yeah, yeah. Down, down. And then I like the interplay between those two different um, guitar lines, and, and that's why I think you know, it it doesn't seem long because it's constantly changing and then suddenly you get that wow 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 sound at the end of it and it's mm-hmm. over tom's and then tom's little um voice glides to a close so i think i think it's probably my top five radiohead songs and looking at the playlist both pricks did not play this in 2006 how dare they so i have never heard how the song live uh i think i have let me double check uh they pay for glooming they pay for gloaming yeah. Uh, and not there, there. What are we doing? Oh, at a, at a festival. I, I, I would love to see the gloaming. <laughs> at, a, at a festival. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, at a festival. Like, okay, it depends on the festival, but the like, festival, a mainstream festival. Yeah, yeah like uh, I think you can get get into it. Get, well, get he paid. He paid creeps. So I let I let I let Tom off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lucky, lucky, lucky. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think at every uh, point of this song, there's something interesting going on because. Like you say, you know, just because you feel it doesn't mean it's, there, it's very beautiful, but actually the little voices going, someone on your shoulder, um, don't reach out, don't reach out. Like that's quite creepy as well. 
and it feels very natural when it then transitions into the the warring guitar section uh and yet is it is feasibly a pop song like it's it's genius i i, I think it's absolute genius and yeah that is ultimately why it made it onto my list over mm-hmm. greatest week agreed over underrated Good. Right. Next. <laughs> I have a feeling that here's where we might have some issues. Um, my next pick is Mixomatosis, which I didn't just uh, pick because of the of the title, which Fran and I were talking about before recording. He was asking me how it was in French and Portuguese. So Mixomatos in French and Mixomatos, I think, in Portuguese. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I had actually never uh, sought to think about what the lyrics were about. I, you know, because it's about this disease that they give rabbits when they want to kill them. I just took it quite literally. Um, but apparently it's meant to be about Radiohead's relationship with the media and the critics and how fame affected what they set out to achieve, which we were sort of discussing before. I just think it's like a beautifully brutal song. The the guitar riff and it's just, it's so brutal, permeates throughout. And then when it's not permeating, you just have this very creepy is it a theremin i think just going and tom you're going i don't know why i feel so so tongue-tied and then yeah as it builds towards the end and all the voices come in as well like i i feel like it's a quite good representation of madness and i don't really think there's another radiohead song like it really which uh which is why i put it on there as well and i do enjoy tom york saying smart ass so there we go yeah i literally completely forgot about the song until today oh. and uh, i i enjoy it I, I enjoy it i think it's got Yay. an awesome fat bass sound i couldn't work out if it was a bass guitar or, or keyboard i think it actually is a bass guitar um all right thank you colin uh, thank you colin but speaking mm-hmm. of members I, I do feel sorry for ed sometimes because i can't hear him, him at all in a song What's well, he up but to? you know what him and tom york have such similar voices because because when you when you see them live and when you hear Ed harmonizing with Tom, you're like that basically sounds like Tom is harmonizing with himself. Mm. Um, and I I think Ed, I I think is quite happy to be, uh, you know, not not leader. And I mean he he did uh, he did he's done a solo album now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's done his own thing. He, he seems like a happy chappy. Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so I, I don't know what he, what he does in this song. I'm sure he's doing something. He likes to make sort of weird ambient noises on his guitar. Um, mm. So yeah, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this and I do Yay. enjoy the phrase mixomatosis. I can barely say it myself. I'm happy we got through that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, did, I had no idea what it's about. But um, yeah, like I said, I think that I just, you know, just because not all the songs were there, there. I can't. Mm-hmm. I think I got frustrated and maybe skipped a lot of tracks when I shouldn't have. So my 2003 self is a dickhead. No, but again, I think that's normal. I think yeah. I do think that's normal. I I, for, I forgive 2003, Fran. You have my blessing. I mentioned Belgium. Um, held to mm. famously um, was it, it got leaked uh, and they were discussing about bringing the album forward, but they didn't bother in the end. But what what it did do when they brought out the CD, it was uh, heavily. Um, um, copyrighted so that you couldn't like record, you couldn't record it on onto the onto the MP3, and mm. because of this, in Belgium, loads of people couldn't play the CD. Oh, why? And it affected massive sales for some reason. I don't know why it affected Belgium, but loads of people <laughs> in Belgium couldn't play the CD. It would, wouldn't work because of, of that software. 
So I am glad that. that I was next door in Luxembourg because I didn't have that issue. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. That's, I, I thought I'd link to a, a Belgian fact. Very for you. nice. Yeah, because Fran had asked me before the record, did you know the Belgian link? And I was like, oh, I don't know the Belgian link, but I'm always looking for it. So thank you, Fran, for for bringing it out. I will state I've not researched that. I've only read it on one source. It could be complete bullshit. Oh, uh, again, the planning for this has been very light. Uh, do not uh, do not presume I've gone much beyond Wikipedia for this. <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, I think looking at the lyrics now and and reading it with uh, with the media eyes, it's even even cleverer than 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 I previously thought because it's like the media is infecting them with a the disease. And you know, he says like, "Oh, holding half a head, proceeded to show it off. I've been where I like, slept with who I like. She ate me up for breakfast, screwed me in a vice. You know, is that like you know they slept with someone and and sold a story in a paper? I think that gives it an even uh, better lay, and I appreciate it even more. So yeah, I'm glad that you do as well, Fran. So this brings us to the final track so my last pick is a wolf at the door which i fran i don't know if you're going to agree with me on this but now that i've re-listened to this it does remind me a little bit of spite and malice by placebo that we were talking i literally about. have that in my notes <laughs> this is why we podcast um okay i mean i guess it's because right this is this is tom york's rap song right yeah. and i think that when rock stars try to rap very often people are quite sarcastic about it, but I think he does it very well. It's just, it's, it's nonstop. It just, it, 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 there is no break in this song and it's so brutal and it's so clearly about his fears. I, I think there's stuff echoed as well from, uh, from Kid Am and Amnesiac where Morning Bell clearly is about kind of being scared of divorce. And here it's, it's also, yeah, I think about, you know, cold wives and Sunday papers, cold wives and mistresses, city boys in first class. Like, is it about kind of, yeah, middle class, uh, middle class problems? Uh, the wealth at the door is going to come and steal all my children if I don't pay the ransom. Clearly, like, uh, uh, you know, he's he, he's got he's got shit on his mind, uh, even though I think um, from the analysis, they're like, oh, it's it's, you know, it's like a fable as with so many of the other bits. The wolf is the ruthless personification of the everyday capitalist struggle. Okay, uh, that's not why I I enjoy it. I I enjoy it because I I just think lyrically it's amazing. It's again an extremely original Radiohead song and, and it works perfectly. So Fran, what do you think? Yeah, I I read that um he wrote this on a train and there was pricks mm. in first class carriage being drunk, which is where that ramp came from. It's a rap of sorts, but he's not doing like a Simon the Bond doing public enemy he's not putting on, on an, an american trang to sing like a dad no no, no. It's, it's very much yeah. his his interpretation of it yeah yeah that's why it's not awkward embarrassing um mm-hmm. so you can get away with it and yeah like i think when i first heard it i thought oh this is gonna be this is a bit weird but mm-hmm. i think i just i enjoy his flow i love the bass i love the the glide down from the chorus it sort of gets quieter and he brings mm-hmm. in some harmonies it, it is like a, a contrast of styles it's kind of filmic as well when he at the end of it when he was his harmonies and we all know that Redhead like to create a filmic soundtrack. Um yeah I I thought I should hate this when I listened to the album but this mm. was always in I I used to always say there's four tracks on the album um the singles and this and that was it. I now would track that and I, I would now say I probably Hooray. like I probably like seven or eight tracks. Um so so I would say I would say I prefer this to Amnesiac. Um I I prefer this to the last two albums easily. I still prefer mm-hmm. in I'm Rainbows. Glad. I know you, you, you don't. Well I'm, I'm, what is it about in Rainbows you don't like? 
Um, so I think in Rainbows, it's just quieter, right? Like it is a quieter album. Um, and that's just not my style. You know, what, what are the what are the kind of faster songs on in Rainbows? Okay, you've got 15 step. Body Snatchers, but I, I'm not not a big fan of Body Snatchers. I think I think Reckoner is beautiful. I mm. think like Reckoner is is one of my all time favorites. Brings me to tears, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Videotape, strangely moving as well. And I I've watched honestly YouTube videos about like the special time signature in Videotape and why on this particular concert Tom York played it wrong because it's so complicated. Um, but I I think In Rainbows to me is like Hail to the Thief to you now, which is some great songs, but I'm never going to listen to it as an album because I skip a lot. Um, like not not really a fan of Nude, not really a fan of Jigsaw Falling Into Place or All I Need. Weird Fishes as well, Take It or Leave It. Um, How about the but, extra? Because I count the whole, both, both so, versions so, on one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the bonus CDs of In Rainbows mm. are better than In Rainbows. Yeah, to, to, yeah, to me, because I, I think they all came out at the same time, including that Adam Buxton film session in the basements when they're doing ceremony mm. so, so and uh, the headmaster ritual. So I guess I probably haven't listened to In Rainbows as the standard album in, in a long time. So in my head, that's all the same era. And that's the mm. last time the true Raidhead existed to me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that I can understand. The, the King of Limbs, I mean, what, just uh, that was what a disappointment. Yeah. What a disappointment. Watching him dance that, that video didn't help either. I, I I quite enjoyed Tom York dancing. And what's the what's the song, the um, Atom Peace song that he dances in with the with the dancer m- mirroring his uh, moves? I think it's genuinely I beautiful. I don't think I've seen that. I know that's his album of Flea. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna immediately after the recording, I'm gonna send you the video because mm. honestly, it, it's quite interesting because it's basically it's it's a woman dancing dressed like him. And she is obviously a professional dancer, and he obviously isn't. Like, you know, you can tell that she is making much more complex moves uh but the the song is one of my favorite atoms of peace songs as well um yeah I, I think it's really good but yeah i going going back to wolf at the door i think what a bold closing statement to an album as well like oh we're going to close this album with a song that's like snarky uh rapping you know relentless not hopeful um and you said filmic absolutely like the lyrics i i, I think I think I might still know the lyrics off by heart. I definitely did the thing of like, I'm going to sit down and, and learn these lyrics off by heart. And it's yeah, not as easy as you think. But yeah, walking like giant cranes and with my x-ray eyes, I strip you naked in the tight little world. Who are you on the list? Stepford wives, who are we to complain? Investments and dealers, cold wives and mistresses, cold wives and Sunday papers, city boys and first class. Like, oh, just it does not end. Um, and yeah, it's uh, Tom York is grumpiest and uh, <laughs> probably most vulnerable and truthful. <laughs> it does kind of feel like there's uh, three different eras of, of Raidhead, isn't there? Really? So mm. when people say, oh, I do like Raidhead, it's like, well, okay, well, which one? <laughs> if, mm. if it's Raidhead from the past 10 years, probably wouldn't say they're amazing. I love um, Burn the Witch, I thought it was a brilliant uh, track. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I mean I've, I've literally not bought the last two albums. I have made a stand. <laughs> See, I, I think I have them all. I, I have them all on CD, even King of Limbs. Um, I think my favorite from the Moonshine Pool was uh, Identikit. They they can do whatever the fuck they want. But but you know, so are you now reconsidering Hail to the Thief as a Radiohead album? It sounds like you are. Okay, I would say previously to a chat, I would describe it as a two star out of five album. <gasps> I think it's just I think it's just become a three star album. So it's gained okay. a star. It's gained okay. a star. Okay, 
I hope I hope it makes it to four on a on a proper re-listen, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Do you know what? I'm um, going to see if I can hear these tracks live because I think they were set up stand up. So sit down stand up will be a decent live track. It'd be interesting if they have done that live because I think because I preferred the, a lot of the Kid A tracks live. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm very glad that uh, you know I maybe moved the dial a little bit for for Hail to the Thief and you know as much as you know I had to play the role of like where are the Benz you know I think the Benz has some incredible songs on it and yeah I I don't I don't really listen to it as an album um, but I guess similar to you and in Rainbows that era with the Mayan Iron Lung EP, I think, yeah, it produced some great songs and it had some great contrasts. So, you know, we disagreed a little bit, but had a great time all around, I think. Yeah, and I probably not listened to any Radiohead in a long, long time. But this, this is the thing. I think when when there's a band like that, I, I think I listened to Radiohead to death, to absolute death and had to take like quite a big break from them. Um, probably, I, I probably barely listened to Radiohead in the Thames. Um, and I think very often when I do with a band like Radiohead, with a band like Muse, you you listen either to like an album or songs here and there. And what's been really interesting is to actually go and listen to more than that, like go beyond, because I think there's, there's whole swathes of Radiohead uh, that I've, yeah, I've also not really gone back to. Like it's been a very long time since I listened to In Rainbows as an album. And I think it's worth doing and worth considering and and with a distance and with with less hatred in our hearts <laughs> so thank you for listening guys um get in touch if you have any albums or artists you want us to cover and uh, perhaps any fun uh yeah words? get get in touch for that but do not get in touch to tell us what your favorite radiohead album is if it's not one of those two anyone to argue with <laughs> because we know this is futile and this is a controlled conversation okay so you think okay computers at best fantastic good for you i can agree with you somewhat but yeah don't don't get in touch on that thank you which means that now everyone will but there we go <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is goodbye from me and goodbye from me ciao ciao goodbye over underrated sous évalué il va chance over underrated so i hope you enjoyed that radiohead special think i'd be quite keen on doing more specials in future for bands that we quite like if you have any suggestions on some of those bands to have an album off with you can get in touch with us on at over underrated music pod on instagram at ou music pod on twitter or you can email us over underrated music pod at gmail.com happy albuming happy radio heading and happy rest of 2021 or 2022 depending on when this comes out bye